Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Um, welcome hello. to another episode of We Are That Podcast. If you don't know who I am by this time, like, it's a little problematic. Um, you should know who I am because you should have been listening by now. I'm Chris, problematic sister, whatever you want to call me. Ma'am. Sorry. I was. Hi, guys. This is Ugo. Okay, um, I'll do the job since Chris doesn't want to fucking complete it. I'm so busy right now. I have a million things going on. A million meaning one. And you should have reminded me. That's really not. Anyways, we have we, we have a special guest, guys. Um, you know. So, can you let her introduce herself? Hey y'all! <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. What to I do. was like, I don't know if I should say my name <laughs> or no, if somebody. No, go ahead. yourself. Hey y'all, my name is Chioma. A lot of y'all know me as Chichi or Where's Chichi on Instagram. That's is a good that? name. Thank you. Famous. You're welcome. Like you it. know what? Is it a theme that we can't see your face on Instagram? Yo, let me t- <laughs> let's talk because about when Carly, brought- I was like, does. She- does she have a face? Like, no, nah, when I first started like <laughs> peeping your Instagram, I'm like, all right, like, cause some people, you know, they'll do like aesthetic posts and like some people might not show their face one. I'm like, Bruh, it's every it took like I was like, scrolls, I'm like <laughs> I think this is a thing. Like, <laughs> and then I saw you, I'm like, oh, okay, this is where it's Chi-Chi. Yeah. Got you. Quite honestly, I didn't know if you would be able to find her on the street because we don't we didn't know what she looked like. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Here she is. Well, welcome. Thank you for having yeah, me. No problem. No problem. So uh, today we're going to talk about, once again, something a little on the heavier side, but something that's extremely relevant because I feel like a lot of people who may listen to us, may not listen to us, or just like living their lives, whatever, um, experience, at least if not like a like severe bout with this, they at least experience it in some way, which is mental health. I know that... I've had my experiences with battling my mental health. Um, I'm sure in some capacity, both of you probably have as well, whether, mm. you know, it's something, like I said, severe, like something that was diagnosed or, you know, just a blimp of insecurity or like whatever the case may be, you know? So when it comes to like today's society compared to, you know, society before we got here how do you think that mental health is handled today do you think that people are you know embracing their mental health do you think that there's still like a negative stigma with people who have mental health issues or you know like do you think it's still like a taboo topic what do you think um I mean I think currently I don't know if the word right now at least within western culture is taboo just because our particular generation is a, a lot more vocal about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those things being mental health. I know when we were kids, even the slightest like the slightest sign of atypical mental health was regarded as like, oh, this person's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're this, they're that. Like, I don't want to like everything. Everybody was bipolar. Like you would call people bipolar. Like if their mood changed. Um, somebody said like people calling them depressed, and there was like this association with weakness. Mm-hmm. that a lot of us kind of like pinned onto 
people who may have been dealing with mental health issues when we were younger. But as we're getting older, especially like a lot of people, you know, they go off to college or they start working like their first full-time job or whatever it may be. And, you know, you're met with a bunch of different types of challenges that impact your mental health in different ways. And it's like, yo, I'm feeling sad all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like it's like, okay, yeah, probably this thing sucks, but also it might be taking a toll on like how I view the world, how I see myself, how I participate in the world. Um, and then, you know, there's social media. So you log on, you see like a bunch of people are also feeling sad and you're like, okay, maybe this isn't just a me thing. And if it's not a me thing, then what is this thing that we're all collectively experiencing? And that is all of us coming of age or getting to be like adults and realizing like the way that the world is directly impacts the way that I view myself, the way that I view the world. Um, so it's not taboo so much. A lot of people are very vocal about it, but of course there are always people who are like, you guys are just soft. You're mm -hmm. just this, you're just that. Like, There are always going to be people like that. I think it's going to take a few more generations for right. the conversations of like mental health to be widely welcomed with um, open arms. But we've made a lot of progress. Even in like the, the past 10 years, I think we've made a lot of progress. Yeah, for sure. Because I feel like, you know, as you were saying before, with the whole like widely welcomed kind of thing, mm -hmm. I feel like now people acknowledge that mental health is as prevalent as it is even in people that are younger than us you know um unfortunately we see on the news every now and then the negative effects that um, mental health can have on people mm -hmm. and sometimes I feel unfortunately it takes those extremes to sort of get people to open their eyes whether it be you know there was like a stint in time for the past maybe like two or so years that we saw a whole bunch of like kids like literally like committing suicide and everything mm -hmm. because of their mental health because of you know any external or internal factors such as you know bullying their home life whatever so sometimes it really does take you looking it in the eye or seeing it on tv or on social media to have it be in your mind because sometimes people don't like to acknowledge that they're dealing with it themselves so if you're not if you're going to be denying it yourself what will it take? And I hope that in, you know, the next 10 years, since there's been so much positivity in this past 10 years that, you know, not only will we acknowledge that mental health is a thing, but we'll be more proactive in trying mm. to find solutions to, you know, even if we can't, you know, find the end all be all and how we can abolish somebody from having a mental illness, but at least having some sort of, okay, this is what you have, and then let us all move forward and have our families and our friends who aren't as well-versed in it also be like acknowledging it and know how to move forward with that as well. Mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, <clears throat> especially the proactivity part, like that one really comes, like that kind of like falls on our shoulders because like, you know, we didn't necessarily fully grasp the concept of preservation or cultivation of good mental health. So now that we kind of do know what it means to take care of it, what it means to create an environment that's healthy for people's mental health, like we now have the opportunity with the next generation, even if it's not like our kids, like not everybody's going to have kids, but like just knowing that there are younger people around us who can benefit from knowing this is how to be kind to somebody. This is how to be accepting of other people. Like this is like, that's what really cultivates healthy spaces for people to thrive mentally and to feel safe and secure. True. So 
I know that like a big part of mental health and how it's accepted or acknowledged is how it's accepted or acknowledged within your own culture or community mm-hmm. or like even in your own household. So I know that both of you are of Nigerian descent and as somebody who isn't Nigerian, how is mental health perceived in your culture or your household, if at all, if any of you two would like to touch on that, just so I can open my eyes because I don't, I definitely <laughs> don't know. Faith, you want to go first? You got a chief. <laughs> I mean, you're going to have to speak at least once. <laughs> Bitch, we got like, come on, son. We got time. Five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we got three minutes and 48 seconds. Um, I think it, to me, it's, it's, I guess, two-tone because it's dependent upon, again, the generation within the culture. Because for me, how I would look at mental health is different how my mom would look at it. How my mom would look at it may be more so along the lines of like, oh, we're going to go to pastor and, you know, <laughs> pray. And it's just like, you know, yeah, exactly. I cast and I bind in Jesus name. I'm like, okay, but it'd be sad when there's God. Can you imagine? (laughs) So it's like, I just don't, I don't think that it's fully grasped. I think that within that generation, there's still um, that learning curve and they're still trying to grasp onto the new ideas and, you know, the things that we are so accustomed to, but I don't think that mental health is the easiest, like an easy one for them to grasp onto. So I feel as though... Um, like when I look at it with me and my brothers, like therapy is a normal thing, but I just feel like with, um, like it was funny when I expressed what I went through to them, they were like, you should start seeking out therapy, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think I would get that same reaction from my mom or my dad. It would just be more so, okay, we're going to go to church. We're going to, you know, pray this away. And cause therapy may be seen as something or it's like something's wrong with you. So that's. I feel like it's it's still like it, it really does depend on who you ask within the Nigerian culture because it's the you you'll get different answers. Yeah. And what about you, Chichi? Um, I mean, I agree with Faith. Um I think it's because our parents I can't speak exactly for like the experiences that your parents had specifically, but I think like Africans, Nigerians, black people as a whole, um, all of our histories have been so deeply rooted in trauma, um, but also deeply rooted in persistence. So as these bad things are happening, as these negative feelings are, you know, so pervasive, our, our, our parents, grandparents, ancestors have always resolved to just toughing it out and being stronger than whatever it is that they're dealing with, which worked at the time. But now like, we have the opportunity to like seek, you know, like we might not have it as hard as they did because they had it so hard. Like that's kind of the goal for parents. Like I'm struggling and suffering so that my kids can have it better than us. And so as a result, we have it better, so to speak, and have access to things that help us take care of our mental health. And we don't have to be strong just for the sake of saying we're being strong because there's help. And because that's like not a thing that our parents knew about or got to do or got to practice in a daily basis like when I say hey like I think I might be depressed they're like what do you mean depressed like mm-hmm. depression what was depressing you like, you have to see this house <laughs> how can you be depressed inside hey, the house? there are people on the streets that are, that are crying <laughs> me that you, okay, inside the house depressed. Right. like it's like mm, can I right, right. <laughs> and it's like that is not the root of all sadness or whatever and 
Yeah, like, it, it's definitely difficult, especially growing up. Like, I got into college, and college for me was very turbulent, and I came home and tried to express that, and there was just a disconnect. I was like, hey, y'all, like, I'm sad all the time. Like, I'm I'm eating all the time at weird hours of the night. I'm gaining weight, like, I'm, and all this stuff. And they're just like, but why? There are people that can't go to college, and you are in college. You have the chance to learn, to succeed, and you're sad. And I'm like... Because this place is making me sad. <laughs> it's um, you. Right? <laughs> no, but I really feel like when it comes, it's not like a laughing matter. I'm sorry for laughing. It's I'm okay a dickhead. to laugh about it, though. We, yeah. No, yeah, we like, tend to laugh about it because it's a heavy We yeah, tend to laugh about our trauma I'm a dickhead, all the time. I'm sorry. But <laughs> it's, it's weird. Like in an African household, you feel like guilty for addressing the mental health issues because it's like, as you said, like our parents went through a lot. Like even, you know, remember when I said that I tweet the same thing like every three months and it's either about STIs or the Biafran war. Guess what I'm talking about today? Mm. Not STIs. doesn't fit in the topic. But Not like when you like talk, when I talked to my dad about like the Biafran mm. war, that was, that was the time that he was growing up. So like my parents did experience a lot. It was a civil war in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Well, I've seen the um, <laughs> I've seen them. Well, it was a great thread, by the way. No, Just, it was. It was a lit thread. I'm, I'm going to look it up. But no, it was a really thread. good thread. Yeah, so, like, what if, okay, if I'm going to someone who's lived through a whole civil war mm-hmm. and then had to come here and make a way for himself, like, right. I just feel like, okay, Gucci, why are you sad? Like, why right. do you feel like this? Like, your little problems, like, you, you go sit down, like, basically. So, mm-hmm. And then if you do have the courage enough to bring it to them, it's like, that's when they start the whole, oh, you don't see your house, you don't see your food, you don't see this, mm-hmm. you don't see that. It's like, you start to feel guilty and you start to feel shamed, and that's not something that's good. And I don't yeah. think it's like, I'm not, like, saying it, like, because my parents are bad. It's just that that's how they view things. They just view things to just get over it, just keep adapting. Yeah. Like, it's fine. You just brush it under the rug, it's cool, whatever it happened, basically. Yeah. It's not healthy, but... No, like, that's real. Like, my dad was telling me stories because he also grew up during the the Afrin War. And he was telling me, like, at that time, they were really, you know, chopping off evil people's heads and sending them down in trains. Like, for their family members to see who was who. And my dad literally moved out of where he used to live because the area got bombed. So, Mm. like, you do now, like, think about, like, well, I'm sad because, because this class is hard. I'm sad. <laughs> Orgo is really hard. Right. I don't want to go to medical right. school. I don't like, know what I want to be when I grow up. I'm and, like, go sit the fuck down. Right. And it's like, like it's, and you, you think about it, like, it's not the same type of struggle, but like, it really is all about what you've experienced personally. Like, obviously, like, my father may not be out here like, oh man, like, school's so hard. Like, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me, but that's because it's not the worst thing that's ever happened to him. But for me, I've never experienced a civil war in which, you know, people were out here sending dead bodies my way. So that's not going to be my measuring stick. Like, we really have to go by, like, what we've experienced. So, and that's why I try to be a little patient with people, because it's like, I like, people will come and tell you, like, the things that are stressing them out, and you're thinking about, like, all the things you have to do, like, Mm -hmm. bro, like, you're stressed because you spill something on your pants and now you got to go home. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, I'm trying like not to fail out of school. And so, but then you think about it like, okay, well, this person might have had a pretty decent life up until this point. This might really be like- Their biggest thing. Their biggest thing. And like, Absolutely. I have to be patient with them as they process that. Like, I can know like, man, I wish that was my biggest problem, but- Yeah, because you're shaming them. Yeah, exactly. And like, that's the thing. Like we removing the shame from conversations about mental health is very important because like you said, it's like, oh, you have a house over your head. Like there's money. There's, And, and then that kind of ties this 
material value to, to yeah. your mental health saying like if i have xyz i should be fine when mental health is really just that it's mental it's not physical well mental health does manifest itself in physical Absolutely forms but is. like it isn't the physical things that you have that directly like determines how your mental health is going to be mm-hmm. but our parents, because like a lot of them really just had to survive when they were kids, those physical things meant a lot. Like not having a house to live in or not having food or not having shoes is very indicative of like their their entire quality of life. So when you improve the quality of life, those material things are associated with the happiness yes, that they derive from the be- like from the better quality of life. But it's not that. It was just the fact that you now have access to things that allow you to have a, a decent quality of life. It's mm-hmm. not the material things themselves. But, you know, there's a disconnect there. Ooh, that was a gem. Yeah, because it, it is really important to note, like, the different measures in life. Because I know that, like, in my, like, bouts of mental health, like, I'll really be sitting in my house and I'm like, I'm just really, 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 really sad because work is really stressing me out for whatever reason. It's not like I'm incapable of doing my job, but maybe just the people that are around me, the demands of the job, like the hours that I put into work, everything like that. And then I think about someone like my mom who I've seen sacrifice so many things for me to even get to this point. And her, like me stressing over my job, although it means a lot to me and it affects me, it's like, that's probably like one of the least of what my mom has been mm-hmm. through. So it is very, very important that you mention like that measurement. But I don't know if this is like a little too personal for either of you. It's not too personal for me because I'm pretty open. I'm but personal. Say that shit. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So do you personally know like your triggers when it comes to your mental health? Like, can you like sit and think, all right, whenever I see this or whenever I do this or whenever I come across this or feel this, then I know that, you know, my mental health might, you know, Man, get yeah, a little topsy turvy. I be there 40 hours a week, bro. <laughs> that should be stressing me out. Like, shit. But no, I think my main mental health trigger is like everything. I'm a sensitive ass bitch. <laughs> um, mainly what I've like expressed in past episodes like because when I think about things like that it's like and it'll be the the littlest thing so it's not like there's like one specific thing not to say like if I'm walking on the street and I see a cat I'm like oh there was a cat on the street when I was being molested like Mm -hmm. but um like if I for instance with that situation like I'll think about the person who I almost said it on the mic I'll think about the person who did it I'm like oh well I see them often and I see that now you have daughters and I see that you have a wife and you have all of this, but, and that sends me like, that is the worst one. Like it'll send me into a real like dark space and I'm like, fuck. But then I also think like another main outside of that, because there's been other things I've been through is my family, not in like a negative sense. Like when I see them, I just slip into depression, but it's like, I just think about the dynamic of it and I'm just like I I I wish I could change this or I wish things would be like this way and that just sends me into like it, it's mainly like me getting in my head and like me just thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and then all of a sudden there's a bout of sadness basically yeah I know for me my I know my two main triggers are if I'm having an off day when it comes to my physical appearance and success measures when it comes to like my success in life when it comes to like physical features like it really really took years up until like my early 20s to have 
confidence in how I look. And, you know, not to say that I was like ugly or like anything like that, but I just really like, I've gone through a lot when it comes to my physical appearance, especially growing up in a place where a lot of people didn't look like me. Mm. And I kind of, I didn't have an identity crisis, but it was kind of like my, I had to really find my standard of beauty in being a black woman and what it meant to be beautiful as a black woman rather than what it felt to be beautiful as somebody that's different than the people that were around me. It was kind of like the dichotomy was really pulling. Like I'm different, but like what's beautiful about me being different? And it really took me a while for me to get there. Not to mention, you know, I had like some bouts with like weight problems and, you know, just like some cosmetic things that I eventually got over. But Something like that, especially since it's something that you literally live with every day, like looking in the mirror, you have to actually, you know, see what your trauma is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was some real dark times. Don't get me wrong. But thankfully, you know, I found out how to deal with that. And then when it comes to success measures, like we talked about on two episodes ago, you know, you look at what you have and you realize that, okay, maybe I am doing fairly well for myself as a 20 something but then you look and you see so many more successful people around you, people who are probably well off more than I am and everything. They're scammers. And uh, they're scammers bro. and drug dealers. Bro. They are scamming bro. people. Don't and be looking at them. I know. and But sometimes <laughs> like you get into those moments and it's like, um, like, I know I'm smart enough to make more money. And I know I'm smart enough to get where I ultimately want to be. Granted, I'm only in my mid twenties, but it's like, what, what's not translating with what I'm doing versus what they're doing. And it kind of took me having to like really get into those dark moments to assess what I actually had. Mm. And now I know that if I do trail down that path again, I know what steps to take, but those were like the two main things for me. And I still struggle with it sometimes. I'm not perfect at all, but if I could think of like the two things that really get me going, it's probably like those two. I mean, that's very fair. Like healing is like healing at its root is not linear and cannot be linear because that's like, that's why it's a process and not like a step-by-step, right? Right. Like there's no manual process. Like you can go forward and then relapse, whatever that relapse might look like. You might go forward, be triggered and then pause. You might go forward a lot forward and then be halted because you don't know what the next step is. Like that's, that's the process of healing. Um, and it's beautiful that you know that because a lot of people think that healing is like, all right, I've done the work and now I should be good. And they're like, why, why don't I feel good? Um, but to the point about like scammers, bro, sometimes I'm like, me too, I can't scam. Like uh, if you say can't, like, right. is, is it just one time? Like, like what, mates, one week? Are doing it. Do, do I, do, have do, they gone to jail? I like, don't imagine. Your no. mates, have sometimes, they gone to jail? Yeah, sometimes you're like. It, it can only take one time. Maybe Ooh, that might I be my I just need color. one lick. To be honest, that's the thing. <laughs> scammers, though, like, they, the niggas that go, go to jail and get caught, because like, they be doing too much. I just Absolutely. need one scam. They be, they be, be hitting don't... the lick and then and buying then the whole store. Yeah, yeah. Like, bro, that yeah. flashy yeah. flash. Yeah. 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 I'm like, you want to go and buy nigga, this stuff. Just take the money and go home and take it and go. If you like, go to Dollar Tree and spend $100. But no, they must go to Balenciaga and buy all the sizes of the rack. They only wear one size, but they'll buy all the sizes of the rack. I know how to do it. And now somebody will call the police. You're acting like you don't know why the police is there. They'll be shaking. And then you want to call home saying, come get to. Come get to. I beg, continue, continue, <laughs> episode, it's okay, continue. 
Um, my personal, like, my personal trigger is, like, it sucks because there are so many, like you were saying, but it's, like, literally <laughs> everything. everything um, yeah, um, me too, guys. I, I was just pointing out the main two. That's all. <laughs> we just some sad bitches on the mic. <laughs> Fuck it. You know, I'm still here. I mean, it's important to, you know, like, have that conversation about, like, how you... Like, it's important to acknowledge that fact because now you have a starting point. Um, And for me, specifically, most of mine are rooted in sexual assault and boundaries, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Listen, that word boundaries... Yeah, boundaries really is, like, a key to this podcast, Mm -hmm. bruh, because I don't... It's, like, every single thing that we talk about... Everything is a boundary, mm-hmm. and it's important to establish said boundaries so that maybe you don't have. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, we got some shit for y'all for the you're wine welcome. of the week. You're welcome. <laughs> sorry. Continue. I'm so sorry. I'm a dickhead for real. For real. Continue. Go ahead, ma'am. Um, yeah, so it's it's really like sexual assault and boundaries, especially because the pattern of sexual assault in my life has just been like. Every couple of years, it'll be something. It'll be someone. It'll be, you know, it'll take, like, it'll happen in some way, shape, or form. And, you know, every time you heal, you think, like, okay, I've crossed this bridge. And then something will happen to kind of send you right back to the other side again. Mm -hmm. And you're like, so how do I heal if, one, every time I heal, like, something else is happening. Someone is compromising my safety or my security or my understanding of the world. Somebody's taking that and shaking it up. Um, and so a lot, like there are places that like, I feel really uncomfortable going, just knowing that something happened there. Um, there are certain conversations that I don't participate in because of the feelings that they trigger. Um, and there are just certain ways that like, I don't like to be approached. Like all of my friends know, like you do not surprise me from behind. Like my friends left to boo, gotcha. Like, I'm like, don't like, like, I'll kill you. Right? I was like, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like I could fight. But I'm like, bro, don't do that. Like. So my friends will like make sure they're coming all the way around into my face. Like, hey, it's me. I'm like, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the boundaries one is really a big one. I think a lot of people growing up, um, especially like within, I don't know if it's, I can't speak to the white community. I don't, I don't really know what, what happens the in white. But like. Shout out to y'all. <laughs> if y'all listening. If y'all there. Right. Mm. Um, but like, I know like within the diaspora, like the parent-child um, relationship a lot of times it's like the parent kind of just dictates what's going to happen. Um, And a child might say, hey, I'm uncomfortable with that. And the parent's like, well, you better listen to what I have to say because I'm the parent and you're the child. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you mean you're uncomfortable with that? I said to do X. And it's like, well, that doesn't make me feel good. Or like even small things. Like I tweeted about it a very long time ago. I was just like, yo, when your kid says they don't want to hug uncle so-and-so, they Listen don't like them. you don't like Listen. they're not supposed to hug uncle so and so like there's like being polite like oh well that's your uncle go say hi like i can say hi but like if i say mom dad i don't want to do this with this person or like this relative makes me uncomfortable for whatever the reason might be even if it's a child is just shy respect that child's space and show them very early on that their space is something that is to be respected Mm -hmm. and is not to be compromised just because an adult or someone in power says so because that follows them you know throughout their life like I've seen or in my personal life like there have been so many times when in in much lesser ways like someone has violated what I've established to be my boundaries because they were in a position of power they're like oh do this or you know go ahead and like do this favor for me and I'm like that's kind of like crossing the line for me but 
it takes on learning. So like for me, because those things had happened so often in my childhood, not like hugging my uncle or whatever, but just things like someone says to do something, even though I'm uncomfortable with it. And I just kind of have to roll with it because that's the dynamic that exists here. You go into other spaces where it's a similar dynamic of like superior and inferior, and someone is crossing your boundaries or compromising your safety or security in some way, shape or form. And you still feel like you have to oblige them. And you feel guilty in the times that you do speak up for yourself because you haven't had that practice. Everything starts at home, you know, like parents who tell their kids like, oh, you can't go to school and let nobody bully you, but those same kids come home and their parents are their first bullies, you know? Like, those things all follow children well into adulthood, and you wonder why people are pushovers or, like, yes men or women or whatever it may be. Like, yo, you need to speak your mind. And, we like, a lot of us say, like, it's just speaking your mind when it's really, like, you have to unlearn first and reteach yourself how to navigate this space as somebody who wants to establish these boundaries and then speak your mind. So, yeah, those are, like... Those are my main triggers, but it also like helps because it triggers unlearning and reteaching, um, which I think is a very healthy thing to add into any healing process. I was just about to talk about like healthy coping mechanisms versus unhealthy coping mechanisms, especially for yourself. Like when you're dealing with your bouts of mental health, are there any healthy ways that you you know, deal with it versus are there any unhealthy ways? Because I know for me personally, sometimes when I get really, really upset about, you know, let's say the, my physical appearance or whatever, I don't go out. Like, and that might be seen as unhealthy only because I shouldn't let something like that dictate my life and have so much control over my life. And then I become, you know, antisocial. I don't want to be around people. I don't want people to see me, all that kind of stuff. But Healthy wise, you know, is when I step in the mirror and I try to, you know, face it head on as mm-hmm. uncomfortable as it may be, because a lot of um, having mental illness and overcoming it is, you know, dealing with the uncomfort of dealing with it, you know. Uh, so for you guys, like what kind of things do you unfortunately <laughs> do that are might be unhealthy for you? Unfortunately, like those things are just temporary satisfaction rather than permanent. Sometimes it can fall into permanent, and that's when you start getting into things that are extremely dangerous like for coke. you, like coke, mm-hmm, crack, whatever what it may be. I do a lot of coke. Oh, okay. So, all um, right. But for you, you asked the question, not me. <laughs> like, I thought we were getting personal. <laughs> safe space. Like, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm we we being open and transparent What's all the judgment here. For? I mean, if you do that, you do that. I'm not judging you How at all. How else do you this, think this I keep you? my nice figure? The gym. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, I mean that could be your gym. You're right. Same kind of feel, you know, adrenaline. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, seriously, like, what are you guys' like healthy and unhealthy coping mechanisms? Because I feel like it's good to acknowledge them to yourself. Because once you start falling into certain patterns, especially the unhealthy ones, you might want to pull yourself out. Because, like I said, it can be extremely dangerous. I think for me, what the hell is that noise? Sound like a marching band upstairs. Y'all always got something going on in the studio. <laughs> Anyways, um, for me, like when it comes to, because I've I've had the bouts of like the I I don't know if you would call it depression, but the the insecurity and all of that stuff when it does come to my physical aspect, because anyone knows anyone who knows me knows I've had terrible skin for years. Like it's been since fifth grade. It's been bad, and. Kristen, you can attest to this. Like the most recent time was when I think it was like this summer. Last it was in the summer. This summer, and it speaks to the boundaries because 
My dad came home. Nigerians are just reckless people Man. from birth. Like, mm. But my dad lives in Nigeria. So um, when he came home, we were throwing my brother a, a surprise party. And at that time, I don't know, I guess I was just under a lot of stress. And like my skin was like terrible. It was like everywhere I was breaking out. So my brother had just um, passed the New Jersey bar. So oh, congratulations he was then the guy, whatever. This shit is about <laughs> lawyer me. Or whatever. Uh, it's okay. Like <laughs> on behalf of her, thank you. <laughs> I gr- yes, whatever. Anyways, so um we were in the courthouse, he signed the papers, and my dad comes to me, he's like, Could you come? What's all of these things on your face? Man. And I'm like, Man. I was really like, wait, like, nigga, you really just said that shit to me. Like I'm already having a hard time dealing with it. Like I wake up and I see it. You can't tell me you. I see it. You, well, know you don't think I know? <laughs> like nigga, come on, son. So I was like, okay. And I told him right there. I was like, that was really rude. I didn't like that, and I didn't appreciate it. So I think that that was the first time that he's ever seen me like you know put a hard stop to it, mm. express like you know exert my okay. This is something I don't want you to say, and this makes me feel uncomfortable, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um. But that shit took a toll on me because that more no, the night before, um, I remember I was in my room just looking at myself and I was like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Because like when you have like, some people may just see acne as acne. Okay. But when you have it, first of all, I want to let y'all motherfuckers know it is a disease. It's a disease process. Don't try and play me. I got a disease. So y'all should take pity on me and y'all should give me money. Carly, you're but, like, like. So I remember I was sitting in my room. <laughs> You know, I got a nice room, you know, a little vanity. <laughs> Shout out to me and my friend for sending it up for her. Aww. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so I'm looking in the vanity, and I just remember, like, I just started crying. And it wasn't even like a, like, you know that one, one wish, the one tear. Tear. The It was tear. like an ugly oh, cry. Like, yeah, I was bawling. Those are the healthiest ones. Girl, Those, I felt so feel good so after. good after? <laughs> I oh feel like I let God. go of 10 pounds. I was like, oh, yes. And your, your sinuses be feeling good as hell. Eyes be mad red. Right? Right? And then you go to sleep, you feel mad. You'd be like, all right, time for a nap. All I can do now is lay. <laughs> yeah, truth be told. So, so I was there bawling, and my mom comes into the room. She's like, what the hell is going on? Like, what's going on? And I'm like, mommy, I just, I didn't know how to express it. Like, this is like my first time being, like, transparent with what mm-hmm. I was going through with them. Um, and I told her, I was like, I just feel so ugly. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's costing me. I don't know what's triggering. I'm doing all the things. And another thing, I, when I would have these bouts, like these breakouts, I'm not going on Twitter because motherfuckers be talking about, oh, drink water. Um, Bro. With Chazel, African soap. I'm like, all right. Wash your face before your fa- bed. It's because you wear so much makeup. Don't I'm use like, coconut oil. Okay. I'm like, thank you. Thank but, you. But like, I told her, I was like, I don't know what's triggering. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm like, Washing my sheets, I'm washing my face, I'm washing. Mm-hmm. She obviously has never experienced like me having a whole fucking mental breakdown because usually I have these in my room and I close the door. This time I didn't close the door. I don't know why. It just it just so overtook me. Here it, <laughs> it just overtook me. I didn't have time to go lock the door. But like, so it was a really sensitive topic. And then for me to like muster, even like to me, I mustered up the strength to go to my brother's, um, like to the mm-hmm. courthouse for my brother's support because I just felt ugly. So I was like, all right get there 
I just got over what I went through yesterday, and here comes my dad, like mm-hmm. bringing it back up and being like, "Oh, what's all this? Like, what's going on?" What's because this? yeah, I'm like, I'm what's like, matter with you? Can you? But and I told him I was like, "You don't see me pointing out your belly in the courtroom." So because my thing <laughs> is my self defense. If you shoot me, I'm gonna shoot you back. Listen, I don't know what you want me to do. That's just how I was raised. Shout out to my four brothers. I don't know what to tell you, but that's the one thing like. I've been able, that's the only thing I know how to like come up with a, a healthy coping mechanism for. I'm just going to like, literally, it hasn't happened in a while because, you know, shout out to Accutane because uh, dermatologist got me right. But like mm. when it used to happen, I just I just have to look at myself and just literally just be like, all right, bitch, you could still snatch these niggas. It don't matter. It's cool. It's cool. But like I will give myself that pep talk because, you know, I'm not going to go to like, and as trivial as it may seem, I'm not going to go to your car because y'all niggas don't know what I'm going through. Y'all don't have to deal with this type of shit. I'm not going to go to Amanda. I'm not going to go to anybody else because literally I'm the only person that deals with this shit, especially in my family. So I'm like, okay, I just deal with it internally. But it's like when it comes to the other type of like triggers that I have or traumas that I've been through, I haven't really figured that out. So I don't know. And I feel like that's an important thing with like mental health for people who are dealing with it to know that. It's okay to not have shit figured out, mm-hmm. but just, I, I'm not going to say just keep going, but like just keep trying because I can't just say just keep going because that to me is like, you know, a selfish view. Because it makes it seem like they're not trying at Exactly. All. So just keep trying because to me, like when I have those triggers, I'm like, all right, well, only thing I know how to do is cry and just not talk to anyone, but that's not healthy. So that's to me. Bitch, I don't know. I'm a 25-year-old mess. I don't know. I don't got no solutions for y'all. Just you're, keep trying. You're allowed to not know, especially right now. Like I feel like we we feel so old as 20-somethings. That's true. Um, but there's like so much more time ahead of us than there is behind us, and we need to give ourselves that grace and that space to feel like we can make this mistake or experiment with what works and what doesn't work as far as our mental health goes. But you know what I think... Mm-hmm. This like what adds to the anxiety that I feel sometimes in my life is like okay, we don't know if we have so much time ahead mm-hmm. of us, and it's like I feel like okay, I'm a 25 year old mess. All right, shit, what the fuck? Like what? Mm-hmm. God forbid something is to happen to me, and it's like I was sitting here living my life like I have so much time ahead of me. Like yeah. recently there was a passing of like a, I know you guys have seen it on social media. But it was one of my brother's friends. And it's just like, that shit hit me because I'm like, sure, he was 24. Mm-hmm. So I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I was like, wait, like, do we really have so much time out of? How how right. are we supposed to? What is the guidelines? How do we figure this shit out? And that to me as the anxiety, because now I'm like, okay, now I'm stressed about work. Now I'm stressed about how to figure out life. Now I'm stressed mm-hmm. about this, stressed about that. Now I gotta stress about when the fuck. What the fuck? Right. <laughs> How the fuck? Why right. the fuck? So I'm like this mad shit, and then to add that on top of it, it just adds another layer mm. onto like the I'm not gonna say the decline of my mental health, but for lack of better terms, it's just like that's just accelerating and that's just mm-hmm. making it worse. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I do think, like, that is a real thing, like not knowing how much time you actually have to fix everything that is broken. Um, and, and like that for me is like one of the biggest like things, like I always feel like the walls are closing in. I'm like, yo bro, like, I don't really know if I got the time to fix, like, I don't like, and, and you get overwhelmed. But the thing is like, as you're overwhelmed, it's not really helping 
um, I tell myself, I'm like, it doesn't really help. Like, I still feel overwhelmed, but like in the back of my mind, I'm just like, it sucks that I am this overwhelmed and affected by all of this, knowing that like it isn't actually making anything any better. It yeah. Like, if something, God forbid, were to happen right now, I would die still overwhelmed. And right. it's just like, do, what? Do you shout? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, back comes. Now like, what? As are you in, going to fight? As you? in, well, I'll run. fight. Me, I'll fight. Why are you running? <laughs> me, I will fight. Yeah, <laughs> just grab the fight. This Grimmy will be fighting on the line. What do you mean? Just take me. I can't kill myself. Just take me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for me, unhealthy coping mechanisms were, well, you um, too? No, 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 no. Oh, I, mean, I, I mean, you said well, faith. Uh, yeah, like, that was her main one. I don't really. I was just like, before I, I get kicked out of school, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's <laughs> like, please, everyone, please scratch that from the record. Um, I actually, my period started in fifth grade, and once oh, your period too. starts, like everything, you stop grow. You got about one inch left to grow. Um, your your face breaks out. So like, and because that's really not a thing that happens for kids that young. Like, most of my friends started their periods eighth, ninth grade. Yeah, I started mine so, in the summer going into sixth, so about the same time. Right. So, like, all the kids in my in my class, like, faces still mad soft, Hella mad clear. smooth. I was going to turn the top, the baby ass, like, nine, age. ten, eleven. Like, I was just a walking ball of hormones. I'm my, like, what is going on? My face was like, always annoying. stinging because they had me on some new medication. Like, people like, yo, like, one kid really walked up to me in, like, sixth grade. He was like, yo. I was like, what? He's like, you need to wash your face. You don't even and I was oh just, I remember I went home that day and cried. Like, homework. I was Bruh. like, I'm going to take this out of the morning. I just need to I cry. Because like, yeah, kids were me. Like, I really, kids like, my skin mean. was ridiculous in middle school. And then, like, I got to high school and it kind of just, like, let up. Must be like nice. 11th grade. They're like, yo. <laughs> that's, <laughs> beautiful. that's beautiful. I, I literally just, I was like, wait. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Where is it? But I was like, I'm not asking for it back, but right. um, so you start shouting now. Tomorrow you wake up and it's dead. <laughs> knock on wood. Um, but like my, like at least in college, my unhealthy coping mechanisms were definitely isolation. Like I'm introverted by nature, like very, very introverted, very shy. Um, so any like little thing, and I'm like, well, that's all the energy that I had to be social for the year. So all right, y'all, I'll try again next year. Um, so isolation and like I'm. Kind of like I I'm very open, but like only open when asked. So like when I'm going through things, I don't say anything. I just kind of disappear from the mix until somebody's like, "Oh, where? What happened? Where are you?" I'm like, "Oh, well, these all these things are happening." Like, yo, why didn't you say anything? I'm like, mm. "You didn't ask." And they're like, "How was I supposed to know that?" Um, and so there's that. Um, and then there's also eating. My senior year of high school, of college, I gained thirty pounds because like one, I wasn't sleeping. Um, I wasn't. I was like, oh, I had to eat in the middle because you like the longer you're awake, the more times you get hungry. So yeah. I was just 4 a.m. I was eating and it was never anything good. It was like a pint of Ben and Jerry's or like the dollar pizza, but like a pie because it was open and, you know, you're getting sick and, and, and my skin was breaking out again. And I was getting all this way and I'm coming home for break. And my parents like, Chuma, you're looking around and you're, you're just like, you when, know, the weirdest thing for me, like. I'm the opposite. Like, I won't eat. Mm. So, I will just... Weight will just be falling off of me. So, like, when in college, when I was stressed out, like, my my mom had this thing about my collarbones. It was very obsessive, to be honest. I was like, all right, Augustina, you got to chill out, right? <laughs> but I would come home, and she will be like, look at, your, look at your neck. Why can't I see your bones? What What's going on? And I'm like... You didn't send me food. 
that also Bro, like i'm starving i'm stressed <laughs> to try and buy my next that. meal now you're telling me i'm stuck like come on son but like that's when that that leads into it too because everyone what are you doing i'm trying to find out whether i want wine or honey what a question <laughs> what a life <laughs> that's a good life to you <laughs> oh you're enjoying thick life is sweet mix it <laughs> that's a little extreme <laughs> But no, um, like when you said that, like eating at different times at night, it's like, yo, stress really does. And like any type of mental health issue will manifest in different mm-hmm. ways. Because to me, I'm like, okay, when I'm stressed out, uh, literally, I was just telling. All right. Keep. I don't know what's Anything. I was telling my friend um, on the phone. So. <laughs> Whatever, whatever. I was telling my friend, like, when I'm stressed out or when I'm upset, the only thing I know how to do is sleep. Mm. (laughs) Sleep. That's the one. That's it. So, like, that's it. Because guess what? You can't be upset if you're asleep. You can't be anything if you're asleep. So, just be asleep. JJ walking inside, I just lay down. That's That's the only thing. (laughs) Turn off the lights. Turn off the lights. Good night. Exactly. So, but that's really unhealthy, though. Mm -hmm. It's very unhealthy. Because you're not facing the problems. Mm -hmm. You're just. I mean, sleep is nice, especially when you get a nice Very nice. And you wake up and you're tired again because you slept too much. So you just got to go to sleep again. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. You cracked the code. Like, And it's like, and you fall into this cycle where it's like, I have to do what makes me feel comfortable Mm. at the time, but I don't realize how, like, unhealthy that is for me. So it's like Mm -hmm. that clash. Do I do what's comfortable or do I continue doing what's unhealthy? Right. And more often than not, you do what's comfortable because then you don't have to face your mental health mm-hmm. problems at the time. Which, actually, to, just to segue into something like really quickly to get into like current events, um, I know like one of the big people that are you know advocating and showing off their mental health is Summer Walker. My baby um, girl. So I I do feel bad because she's one of the people who are younger than at least me and Faith. I'm not exactly sure how old you are, but you know, she's young. I think she might be 21, maybe. Oh, she's younger than me. I'm 23, so she's a little younger. Yeah, she might be 21 or 22. And she's putting, she's giving you her mental health mm-hmm. issues, you know? And people are forgetting that, yes, she's a celebrity. Yes, she's supposed to perform. Yes, she's supposed to be present. But at the very base of things, she's still a person. And there's only so much begging and so much pleading that you can do with somebody's mental health for them to be as present as you want them to be, mm-hmm. you know? So I think there's like this double standard when it comes to being a um, prominent figure. Like, do I accept who I am as a person and jeopardize my fan base, jeopardize my career, jeopardize my success? Or do I put my personal interests and my personal comfort on the back burner just so the people who quote unquote support me when really they just support my craft right to make them feel comfortable and to make them satisfied and you know some of the stuff that i've seen about summer walker is really troubling you know it's not it's not a bad thing to not want to be touched i don't really like being touched you don't like when i caress your arm like (laughs) don't fucking bitch okay so you don't (laughs) like what no but it's really not a bad if I I in the grand scheme of things, if you're meeting and greeting me, 
stand in front of me and I greet you. Like, right. we don't have to do the huggy huggy. We don't have to do the kisses on the cheek and all of the cute poses and all of that kind of stuff. Because if that's just not me, that's not me. Mm-hmm. And people are denouncing their fandom for her all because they don't get a hug or some shit. Granted, not going to lie, there are some things that she did that were a little questionable. Them like photos look real awkward. Yeah, they look very awkward. There's she some... said, ew. <laughs> don't fucking touch me, nigga. And I appreciate it. leaned in, she was like, no. I never saw the picture. I was like, like, she's like, I, I appreciate it. I would not have posted that photo, like, out of my own embarrassment. Yeah. Like, I was really, like, curved by summer walker in real time and i'm gonna post it on my timeline for everybody to see like no thank Mm -hmm. you my thing is when it comes to that whole summer walker debacle (laughs) a word i personally wouldn't put myself in certain situations if i know it's going to trigger a reaction from Mm -hmm. me agreed as well so for the simple fact i am charging you to come see me Knowing that it puts me in a weird predicament and I'm going to act closed off and I'm going to cut them off and seem like, you know, like I don't give a shit about you guys or whatever. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, you don't like, have to do it. It's not by force. I like, think, it really isn't. But I think the issue is it usually lays within the label itself. Like, a lot of the people that scout these new artists are not checking them holistically. That's true, Like, too. this is a girl that can sing. Um, and... They don't really. They I don't, like. I don't even know if Summer Walker had performance reels that they looked at before they pulled her on the team. And a, a, a label has to analyze the individual players on their team and figure out what their strengths are. Like LVRN could have said, "This girl's not going on tour." Um, and like the thing is, when you sign to a label, like they tell you what you're doing and I you get a percentage that, of that. But it's like. You have to advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell me it's the label, it's the label, it's the label. Did somebody force you into that label? And just because if you feel as though this is your moment, it's never going to happen again, it mm-hmm. will. If it's something that's meant for you, this is only my belief. This is not the belief of we are that pod. I don't know how Christmas <laughs> Views Carly's are my own. Listen, I'm just letting you know what I feel because yeah. it's like, if you have the talent and this is something that is destined for you and is set in your path. If this label come on go, it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. but you still have to advocate, and you know, set your boundaries and understand. Okay, listen, I'm really not comfortable with X, Y, and Z. Right. Like, if I'm an artist and I know what my triggers are, I'm not gonna jump into it because the label tells me to jump into it. Because at the end of the day, my mental health is mine. The people mm-hmm. who that own the label, they're probably at home with their children eating right. butterscotch candies. I don't know <laughs> butterscotch candies. I don't know what. <laughs> What a thing to I'm eat as a family. Like, it's just... <laughs> all right, gather around, Sally. Let's eat. These we bugs. got the we got the big bag. <laughs> but I'm just saying, yeah. like, you can't tell me that just because the label wants it. Like, that should have been something that's hard set from the start. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are saying, "Oh, well, she did say it," and I'm like, "Okay, but if you said it." Stick to it and I mean, mean it. She technically did, right? Because the she tour did. itself is called First and Last Tour. So Why'd she you was... go on tour? Because the thing, like, when you sign a con, like, I guess a lot of people step into things. Like, this is why people, like, you sign up for jobs and then quit jobs. You know, like, we all think we know what we want when we get there. We're like, ooh, this is not it. And, like, her, the difference with her is, like, we can quit, but she might be signed to that label for a certain number of years. So she might have told them after the fact, like, yo, y'all, like, I can't do this. They're like, oh, no, step out of your comfort zone. But for me, I don't even think, like, Summer Walker's personal convictions are like my main issue. Cause like there's like there are artists who are willing to, but there are different issues. Like my issue is like, or not even issue, but 
recommendation to labels is like make sure that you have the infrastructure for the artists that you're trying to house. So like Absolutely. if you're bringing in people who have, you know, mental health issues, make sure that you have resources for them, not because that's your job, but because you want to keep optimize, your right, you want to keep your artist. You want to make your money off of that artist. You're not making money if you send that artist on tour and the artist does meet and greets and nobody wants to see that artist on tour anymore. You're not making money off of an artist if that artist goes to jail. You're not making money off of an artist if the artist gets killed in a fight or gets killed in whatever a drive by. You're not making money off of that artist if that artist dies of an overdose. Like there are so many things that you know, somebody who works for a label would want to take into consideration to ensure that they're making the most money off of those people. Like if them being human is like not the most compelling argument, Mm -hmm. then like the next biggest thing is your money. You know, these artists are quite literally messing with your, like with your money, messing with your pockets. And if that's something that really matters to you, then like you got to make sure you got the infrastructure available to support them. Otherwise, like Summer Walker going to show up late again. Um, this one gonna bring guns to the show and get arrested before he can even go in because he's afraid somebody's coming for him, you know, like, right. or, or some like anything of that nature. Like those are all factors that like even take out the fact these artists are human. Like those are all factors that mess with my money as a, as an, a manager or the founder of the label. Like you not showing up and people are now asking for refunds and I have to refund them all the, like all those hundreds of thousands of dollars. I got to fix you. Like, if I really like you that much, I got to fix you or I got to change the situation so that you can feel safe. But I don't know. Summer Walkers is like a very complex thing because like she has been doing some wild stuff. Yeah. I've been seeing some things. To me, don't charge me $200 if you don't want to take a picture of me. It's okay. (laughs) Like, it's fine. You can just still make music and- yeah, you I'll can listen to it. Yeah, you, you can be it. at the very basis. You could literally. Just I don't think niggas seen Frank Ocean in like yeah. ninety seven years, but yeah, Frank Ocean. I doubt he'll ever do. We're it. fine, and yeah. people still fuck with him, and people still wait for his projects. You don't have to be that outward showy, showy kind of artist if that's not what makes you feel comfortable. Because but at the, the end is, of the day, we have Beyonce. Frank Ocean, though, got a like. He and Summer Walker are very, very similar in terms of personality, like as far as like we can see, because like you, we don't know any of these artists, but like. From what like we can see, like Frank Ocean don't like nobody. He don't want nobody touching him. Like you see him in New York City, he's like, ew, like <laughs> peasants. <laughs> like I have so many friends, like, yo, I saw Frank Ocean. Why he looked at me like that? Because you're dirty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're very similar. But I do think Frank Ocean, like, when he does it, people are like, oh, that's like eclectic and mysterious and suave. Um, and when Summer Walker does it, like, ew, she's stush. I'm like, Frank Ocean's stush too. Don't get it twisted. Like, he don't like people either. Um, So, like, there's also that thing. Like, when you're talking about black women in music, even taking, like, the things that Summer Walker has done, like, or taking Summer Walker period out of the equation, like, black women in music are, like... Acknowledging you is what makes you, you. You know? So, like the quote said, take the time that you need. But in taking the time that you need, acknowledge that... You shouldn't be complacent with your time. Like, utilize your time. Yeah. You know? Um, we're going to get into our wine of the week so, like, super, 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 super quick. Um, this week, we have two other choices, I think. The first one is by Sweet Bitch. It's a Moscato Rosé. This shit tastes like candy. Tastes like candy. If you like candy. I can feel it when you walk. 
Even when you talk, it takes over me. That's so dandy. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, and then the next one shit, is Patisserie de Vin. Oh, um, whoa. excuse me. Oh. This bitch was made to this wig off. If Back you guys, only one. If you guys haven't know, if you guys don't know, if you guys don't know, I am like pretty much fluent in French as well. Oh, um, say fuck that bitch. Oh, you know how you be teaching babies to curse? Fuck that bitch. Every right. time I see a baby, I'll be like, say fuck you. You're the baby like, like huh? I'll be like, do this, do this. You're the negative. When your mom one. come home, do it. Do it. <laughs> um, it's a sweet Chardonnay Muscat. Um, it's cute. It's cute. I, I like it. Cute. It's cute. It has a cute little label. Pick it up. Um, but Chi Chi, we like super thank you for coming on to this episode. Like, you've been very, very inspiring, very, very you're very well spoken, mm-hmm. I must Thank say. You. Like everything that you we'll were love saying. We'd love to have you on another episode. Yes, please. So whenever of your course. availability is open, let us know. We would love to have you join us. Um, just it was an honor to be here. Thank you. Oh, this Look, is really girl, nice. It's, it's a miracle that we have Honestly. clawed and scratched our way here. <laughs> Honestly, because oh, we had to fight. If you guys knew, if you guys knew, it took us some. T- it took us a lot to get here. Nothing, you know. We didn't have to like physically fight. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. I did slap her one time, but it's fine. Anyways, plug yourself. You yes, know. please plug yourself. Um, I wow. Um, okay. you have a lot. I know. Right, so I was keep like, going. What do I do? Um, hmm. so there's a magazine. Um, it's called Sage Magazine. S V G E Magazine on Twitter and Instagram, I believe. Um, and I do some little management, something like that. For that for, nigga right there. Oh, for that. <laughs> for that man over there. Yeah. Um, was it championvision.us? The .us is very important. Don't do .com because you're going to end up somewhere net? you don't need the motherfucking B. Oh. Right. Stupid ass. Right. What website you going to be on? I don't know. Shit, What's championvision.com? I don't know. Like, <laughs> bitch, you're going to be hella titties on my screen. What's going on? I like, remember one time in fifth grade, my um oh, teacher brother. during computer class was like, it was like a free period computer class. And he was like, oh, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what that game was that kids used to play that everybody, like the website that they had like mad games on. He was like, well, let's go on fun.com. Oh. Boy. Ooh. It was fun, but it probably he, though, kind of I've fun. never seen somebody tap the screen so many times yeah. and miss the X button so many times. I was like, Yikes. are those boobs? <laughs> and the whole class was like, boobs? <laughs> so yeah, be very careful with your .net, .org, .us, .gov. If you .gov, you can't .gov have no porn on feds, there. I would bro. really hope not. You're the feds. What's his website again? Champion. Oh, championvision.us on Instagram. And Risky Champs uh, on Twitter. Uh, uh, that one is, don't type it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> risky yeah, something. You might be taking risky. a big risk. Oh, yeah, yeah, risky. risky. Like, don't want you to make that mistake. Don't uh, type uh, in risky anything in front of your mommy. Uh, like, uh, embarrass yourself. It's the holidays. <laughs> and what about your own oh, socials? My own socials. Um, where's Chi Chi on Instagram? Like, where's? Like, like Take out the apostrophe. Yeah. Don't do where is Chi Chi. Yeah, because that's my Twitter. See, I don't Ooh. enunciate very well, so it's not like very easy for me to convey that. So my Twitter is actually where is Chi Chi. So yeah, Instagram is where's Chi Chi. Twitter is where is Chi Chi. That's all I got. That's once got. once yeah. again, thank you. Thank you so I much. Wanted to say something. I was just going to thank her. 
but go ahead. Girl, thank you. Anyway, <laughs> the fuck? Like, well, we gotta draw this out. Anyways, nigga, Mike's trying to go. We trying to go. Let's go, bitch. But from the last episode, um, I do want to clarify a statement that I made. Um, when Chris, me and Kristen were talking about the... What were we talking about again? It was a part, portion of um, loving an ex oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like having kids with them and everything. Yeah. I wasn't saying because she brought up the whole issue of abuse. I'm not saying if this man beat you and he's clearly a threat to you and your child, don't form a friendship with him and drop him off. That's not what I said. That's not what I meant. Um, I'm just saying that if, God forbid that did happen, but the man has shown like, not, I'm not saying forgive and forget, but it's like, how can I word it? Like a, cons- I, like a considerable improvement to the point that you feel like he's you not You don't a feel as though he's anything. a threat to you and your child is not in danger. That is something that I would consider forming the baseline. And when I say the word friendship, again, I'm clarifying that this is not your best friend. This is not somebody that you run and hold when you're having moments of sadness and you're looking for solace. But form that baseline level of trust for the sake of the child. That is what I wanted to clarify. I'm not saying if you are in an abusive situation that you need to turn around and just toss your child off to the man who put you in danger. Um, That is not anything that I want to portray. And that is not something that I want anyone to, you know, take offense to. So I did want to clarify that because it dawned on me um, the next day. And I was like, wait, people could have misconstrued your statement. So I do want to say that, but, um, that's the only thing that I wanted to clarify, you know? Um, no, I mean, it's, it's nice to clarify those kind of things. Cause you definitely don't want to be misconstrued in something like that. Especially like if you've been through something like that, maybe some of our listeners have, so you just want to be like clarified just for the sake of that. But once again, thank you, Chi Chi, for coming on. We thank would definitely like to have me. you back. Um, and everybody, I really don't have time for the spiel today. Just follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, email us. Uh, we're on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Boom. We're going to be on Spotify soon. <laughs> I like the sound effects. <laughs> we'll Listen. be on Spotify soon. We're Slowly but surely. You know, slow and steady wins the race. And um, yeah. So thank you guys for listening. You know what? We have a lot of questions left on this mental health topic, so I think we might have to do a part two. And you know who our guest is going to be next time? Um, Girl, put it in your calendar oh, now. Okay. No, we'll hit you up when it's time to do that again. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't want to catch you off guard. We don't even know when it's going to come up. But, but I'd be you. honored. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And that is the that on that. Period. Woo!